Welcome to Educator Forever, where we empower teachers to innovate education. Join us each week to hear stories of teachers expanding their impact beyond the classroom and explore ways to reimagine teaching and learning. Mandy Flochini holds a BS in chemistry and a minor in secondary education. She always knew she wanted to be a teacher, but immediately following graduation, she worked in an environmental laboratory for two years. After working as a middle school science and STEM teacher for nearly nine years, she took the leap to leave the classroom. She has been pursuing a career in curriculum and assessment writing for nearly a year now. Her love of science teaching is still strong, and she is channeling that energy in new directions. Welcome, Mandy. So glad to have you here with us. Yeah, so glad to be here. Thanks for having me, Lily. You're welcome. Well, I'm so excited to talk about your experience beyond the classroom and would love for you to start by telling us kind of about your journey as an educator. Yeah, so kind of a crazy journey so far and hasn't even been that many years. When I graduated from college, I had a bachelor's degree in chemistry with a minor in secondary ed. I always kind of knew that I needed a backup plan and some options, so I didn't want to just go the teaching route. I wanted to have that science route as well. And I ended up doing my student teaching following graduation, but was like, oh, that was a lot. That felt a little overwhelming. So I took a break and worked in a lab for two years and then said, "Mm, no, teaching's where it's at. So I ended up finding a spot at a K-8 parochial school where I was the only middle school science teacher. Every science job I've ever had, I am the only teacher. I don't have a department. I don't have, you know, people to bounce ideas (laughs) off of. It's just me. (laughs) Which, you know, has pros and cons, right? And I think has kind of helped me with where I am now because I am able to be independent and kind of figure stuff out. Within that, I was in the middle school position for eight years, kind of cultivated it, created curriculum, brought in new curriculum with new textbooks, kind of had got to make those decisions, which was really exciting. And then as my second child was coming, decided, you know, I don't know how I'm going to do two kids and work 60 plus hours a week and have to be at school when they're sick and all of that stuff. So that kind of led me to curriculum development. And I found you, Lily, on Instagram. And I said, hey, let's try that out. (laughs) Yes, totally. I mean, my story is very similar of just having one kid even. I mean, I'm Uh impressed by anybody who has any children and is a classroom teacher Because it's so hard. I mean, just being gone so long, exactly like the sickness stuff, you know, and feeling like you're giving so much to other kids and not always your own kid, which is hard. So totally get that and appreciate the flexibility. And I think kind of like I found once you start having flexibility, it's hard to go back on to Mm -hmm. a more like strict schedule. So how did you get started? Yeah, so... It was all in the mix of the pandemic. I knew that we wanted to have another kid. So I did do several years of teaching in the classroom with a kid at home and we made it work. During the pandemic, as everyone knows, everything got crazy and everything changed. And so I was looking for other avenues. I also knew that I wanted to supplement my income at that time. And so for a, about a year and a half, that's it was a side gig. So I was still working as a full-time classroom teacher And I actually originally interviewed just to see what it would feel like for a full-time curriculum development position with a major textbook company and made it pretty far. They didn't end up taking me. I think they didn't think I was experienced enough at that time. 
But that was a good experience to just be like, oh, I do have the potential. This could be a possibility. But yeah, so then just kind of picked up a couple contract work through the summer. This was 2021, summer of 2021, and just kind of held on to those and kept doing it while I was still teaching in the classroom, would work on the weekends, work at night. And it was life-giving. It was validation that I had other skills and that, you know, it was just for me. I also put some a couple things on TPT and that less than $50 that I've probably made in the last three years <laughs> was like the greatest $50 I've ever made, you know, because that was mine. That was all me. I was the one who put it up. I was the one who, you know, people came to and when they were like, oh, this lesson looks good. I'm going to purchase it. So that was really exciting. Yes, that's awesome. And I love how you said it was life giving. I found that too, as a classroom teacher. And I hear from teachers all the time who are like, I just can't do anything else, which I totally get because teachers are way, way too overworked. And like, we all understand that. But when it's the right thing, like it does feel energizing. And to me, it really did feel like it was this different path and different way that I could use my skills. So it didn't really feel like extra work. It just felt like a new way that I could work. Right. And so it's just kind of a different frame on it. Right. And I do think, I, I think it was good that I was still in the classroom because I was definitely, it was changing how I was seeing my teaching too. And so it was changing that mindset. You know, when you've been in the same position for several years and you've got your plans and, you know, I wasn't really writing new lesson plans. I was reusing them, which is fine. But I just didn't have that creative piece that was missing for me because I didn't need it. I didn't need to use that creativity anymore. And so it was exciting to have an outlet for that. Yes, absolutely. And I love too how you shared about going on the interview for the full-time job. Like sometimes we just need to do those things, right? Even if it doesn't work out, even if you're not even sure if you want it, like sometimes you just have to do something to get more clarity and just learn through the experience of doing it. Right, absolutely. And I think like doing a little bit of contract work, whether you're a classroom teacher or if it's like, you know, you're doing it on the side in the summer or after school, or even if you've left the classroom, like you've recently retired, like start with a little project because it's low commitment and then you can figure it out by doing it. Right. All right. Well, thinking about the transition to leaving the classroom, I know for me, for many of us, it's full of emotions. And I'm wondering if you can talk us through kind of how you really made that decision. Was it, did it feel very clear to you or was it kind of complicated? I would definitely say it was complicated. I would definitely say I was, I wouldn't say forced into it, but I think the timing worked out really well because I essentially took maternity leave and then just didn't go back. So for me, it was nice to have another reason. It wasn't just that I was starting a new career path. It was also that I would have more time with my kids. And so I think that made it feel a little bit safer if you will, because it, it just felt like, okay, this is, this could be temporary, because maybe when they go back to school, maybe I will go back and be a teacher. So I always kind of am playing back and forth with like, well, I still have options. We all know there's a huge teacher shortage. I've seen my district's numbers, and they're always looking for teachers. And I can guarantee they're always looking for middle school science teachers. You know, that's not a very common position. So for me, I feel like I've set up kind of some safety nets where I could always sub or I could always do X, Y, or Z, do something else that would that would feel okay. I think it really helped that I proved to myself that I could make a decent amount of money while I was still in the classroom. And I was like, hey, this actually is a possibility. I kind of dipped my toes in, if you will, and then jumped in. So there was some testing that happened first. But yes, it was definitely 
it was a complex, it's still complex. There's still, (laughs) you know, I'm almost a year out (laughs) officially and there's still things I'm figuring out. There's still pieces of the puzzle that I don't feel like are all the way there, but I also feel like I'm able to give myself the space to figure that out still. Yeah, totally. I mean, I think it's always going to be complicated in some way, right? And I think some of it is I think we often wait for something to be really black and white. You know, of just like, yep, it's like the moment where I feel 100% sure <laughs> that I'm going to do this thing. And like, that's pretty much never has happened. <laughs> right? Like, it's always somewhat complicated. And it's never like, 100% clear. So I appreciate you sharing kind of the process and that it is cool to think about all the different options of like, yeah, we all have options. And there are many ways of making a living. There are many ways of working in education. So seeing and like weighing those options at different points in, in people's lives. Yeah, for sure. So I know now you do many flexible things beyond the classroom. And can you tell us a little bit more about the types of work that you've been doing? Yeah, so I have worked with several different companies, major publishing companies. I've worked through many of the curriculum agencies that then contract with other clients. And so I'm kind of like working through the middleman, that kind of setup. One project that I did that was really cool, and I they kind of stopped doing it, and I wish they would finish it. But I was writing environmental science curriculum for an app that they were. Oh, that's um, cool. Yeah. So and I was kind of like the head of that. So that was pretty cool. But I don't think it got picked up and they, they didn't have the customers for it to, to keep it going forward. Hopefully at some point, maybe they'll come back to it. But that was really fun. So I've kind of done a lot of different things. I would say some of my projects I look at more of as like safe projects and that like, I know they're continuous. I know like one project, for example, I can jump in and just take assignments when I want to. You know, it's probably not the most exciting project, but at least I know it's there. And if I have time it's guaranteed money, you know, and they're pretty quick on the turnaround. And then some of my projects are a little bit riskier in that they're really big and there's a lot going on and they're pretty, you know, high stakes and pretty quick turnarounds. But yeah, I've done assessment curriculum. I was looking at doing some writing for educational videos, but that didn't end up taking off. I had a little imposter syndrome and did not end up going through with that all the way. (laughs) But that was exciting. And the fact that like, I feel like I could do that maybe down the line with a little bit more experience. So again, all the options are just endless. And then to kind of keep, you know, that need to work with students, I do have a couple of tutoring students that I work with virtually that I really enjoy. And that's, that's a nice little piece of the puzzle too. Nice. Yes. I always called it my hodgepodge when I was doing many different things. And it was for me also thinking about like, what did I really want? Both what did I need like financially but also what did I really want in terms of like time with teachers, time with kids, time to sit quietly in a room and write Yeah, <laughs> like all the things. And I think, again, it's like always changing, but there are so many options. And then I appreciate you sharing like the imposter syndrome, also super real, like happens to all of us. And I'm wondering if you can talk us through kind of how you learn to do these things. Like you were a middle school science teacher and then you started working in curriculum design How did it kind of feel? What did you learn personally and professionally through that process? Yeah. So originally, when I first started thinking about all this stuff, I was like, okay, I'm going to go get a curriculum design degree. I'm going to find that and I'm going to get that. And then I was like, wait a second, I don't have time to do that. And that's a lot of money. 
So while having a master's degree is something I would enjoy down the road, and I think, you know, I've always really enjoyed being a student, and I think I would like that, it wasn't feasible. So I was like, okay, how else can I approach this? So honestly, within my classroom, I was writing curriculum, even though I really did like our textbook system, you know, you always have to supplement that stuff as a teacher. There's no, there really is no way to just use what is given to you because A, you have to differentiate. You need to, each year, you're going to have different students, right? Maybe the timeline doesn't work in terms of the units. So you've got a weird break. And so you have to fill space, if you will, with, you know, you have to supplement with other curriculum so that it's not weird that you're going into Thanksgiving break or whatever. So definitely within the classroom, I was already writing curriculum. I got a lot of feedback and a lot of support with this, I think, from National Science Teacher Conventions. I went to four of those right at the beginning of my teaching career. And a lot of presentations that I was kind of drawn to were teachers talking about how they had created curriculum and how they had made, especially like project-based learning activities and especially labs and hands-on stuff in science inquiry. And I feel like that really lended itself to teaching me how to approach those, if that makes sense. (laughs) Yeah, no, totally. I mean, I think it's also like, choosing your own professional development adventure Uh (laughs) like what things feel interesting to you and learning from other people doing it and feeling inspired by it for sure yeah and then learning through doing it yourself right yeah a trial and error and like just being in it I will say like the pandemic my school was virtual the spring of 2020 the entire rest of the year and then when we went back in the fall we let students opt to stay home So I was teaching in-person students, but then we had like a handful that stayed home for the whole year. So I was developing curriculum that would work for both. And I think being forced to do it, yes, it was overwhelming and, and stressful at the time, but I think being forced to do it really set me up for having the confidence, you know, to do what I'm doing now. Yes, absolutely. And I think sometimes like the things that we go through that are really hard, even though they're really hard, they do make us develop new skills. You know, even just being a teacher, not in a pandemic, like right. it's super hard. <laughs> so then when you try other things, it's like, oh, this is actually not as hard as being a teacher. Oh, yeah. You know, even those really challenging times, we develop new skills that can be used in different ways. Yeah, absolutely. So I know you have two kids. How old are they now? I have a four and a half year old and an almost one year old because I left the classroom almost a year ago, right when she was born. (laughs) Yay. Yes. I remember. That's crazy that she's almost one. I know. So talk to us about working with little kids. Like, how is that for you? In the beginning, it was pretty nice. The older, my older goes to school twice a week. So she was gone for a whole, two whole days. And then I have a lot of family help that will take her, especially because I just feel like you know, I can only put on so many movies to let her entertain (laughs) herself. In the beginning with the baby, it was nice because there were a lot of naps, as there are. We are starting to lose some nap time. I do work at night when my husband gets home sometimes now, and I do work on the weekends, depending on what my deadlines look like. But we're making it work. We're making it work. And sometimes I will send both girls to a grandparent's house, you know, for the day if I really have a lot going on. But I really am not working... I would say the most I'm working is 25 hours a week if I have a lot going on that week, but I I probably average about 15 hours a week, which is nice. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I know. I remember being really 
pleasantly surprised when I started working outside of the classroom that like I could take over my teaching income and more working so many less hours. And I also, you know, when my kids were littler, they're eight and 11 now, they just have their birthday. So I almost said seven and 10, but they're uh, eight and 11 now. But when they were little, it was a lot harder, you know, to work during their nap times where I did the same thing. Like, my husband got home or, you know, sneaking in little times on the weekends and things like that. So it gets easier. And especially, you know, like I remember when my son went to like a two-year-old program and he only went two mornings a week, but I was like, this is amazing. Like (laughs) I have six hours a week without kids in the house. Yeah, for sure. Oh, it makes a huge difference. Absolutely. Totally. So what advice would you give teachers who are thinking about moving beyond the classroom? Yeah, I would definitely say, you know, the main thing that made it more comfortable for me was that I did dabble a little bit before I officially left. I tried it out. You know, I I looked at different avenues. There were definitely a couple things that I tried when I was in the classroom, and I'm not doing those anymore because I didn't like it. So I understand that as teachers, we're using the summer to, you know, rejuvenate ourselves and find, find some rest. But I did personally feel like working these projects was rejuvenating and was energy and was, you know, an outlet. So I definitely utilized that the summer before my last year of teaching to really dive in and look at all my options. I would also recommend getting in some of those contractor pools, even if that's not where you see yourself long term, at least you're getting projects sent to you as options. So I work for two, actually three companies, including Educator Forever Agency. And when they send you different projects, you can say yes or no, but at least there's an option and it does take some time to get on those lists. So I definitely would recommend doing that ahead of time, even if you don't plan on taking a position for a little bit, because then at least your name's out there, at least you've done the legwork. And I think it's nice to have that as a backup plan. Yes, I totally agree. And for those of you who might not be familiar, contractor pools are kind of like what Mandy shared earlier about bigger companies who take on different projects and they need freelancers for those projects. So like at our Educator Forever agency, we'll get a big lesson plan writing project and some will, you know, we'll need science writers and we'll need social studies writers. And so we bring people on generally who are already in our pool of people. So when you get into those pools of people, then companies will reach directly out to you rather than like a whole interview process. So that's really great. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Anything else you would like to share? Listening to some of your other podcasts, I just want to reiterate how important it is to have a support group and to have a group of people who are trying to do the same things. I have learned so much from the Educator Forever community and just listening to other, like, honestly, oftentimes I just go to the meetings to be like, what jobs do you have? Can I apply to that company? Let's see, you know, because I just didn't know what was out there for so long. I feel like I was so ready to be a teacher and that was my path and, and that was great, but I didn't really know what other jobs were available. You know, in my mind, I feel like I kind of stopped at the career fair and was just like, okay, you can be a teacher and that's it. Like, <laughs> that's your option and that's where you're going to go, which is great. Again, I loved it. And again, I may go back, but just knowing what other people are doing is really helpful because then you can be like, oh, that sounds great. Or no, that definitely isn't for me. Let's not even look at that, that kind of stuff. So having that support group is really important. Yes, I'm so glad you said that. And I totally agree. I mean, that's really one of the reasons why I created Educator Forever is like when I was starting out doing things beyond the classroom, I kept just being like, is this a thing? 
<laughs> like I don't see anybody else doing this. And so really building a community where we can share resources and try and learn things together. And I think especially if you're in a school and there are a bunch of teachers who are just like, this is my job, right? Kind of like you said of like, you know, going to the career fair, like I've become a teacher, that's what I'm doing. And everybody's <laughs> right. in that mindset of just being like, I'm going to do this till I retire and then I'm going to get my pension. I'm like, that's my life. And so if you feel differently, you know, you need to kind of create and mm -hmm. seek out that community for yourself to be able to find the way forward. And I think it's super important to find your people that can support you along the way. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Mandy. It was great talking with you. Yeah, of course. Thanks, Lily. Ready to find rewarding, impactful work in the education world? Take our free quiz to discover your next right career step. Will you be a curriculum developer, an education consultant, instructional coach? The list of possibilities goes on and on. Take the quiz to find out the best fit for you at educatorforever.com slash quiz. You'll also receive customized resources to kickstart your dream career and life.